1: hi it's michael Smirkanish. welcome to book club with michael Smirkanish. a collection of michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today on the air on radio
0: what sets my book club apart is that i actually read the books book club is now in session do you think you're an
1: entrepreneur no well wait let me, wait correct, a that. You let me correct that you had
0: tc's paperia
1: oh that's true i did no, I have ideas. It's more just the... You've had a couple of side
0: hustles in the time that I've known you. I
1: actually have another idea coming forward. I'll tell you about it later.
0: TC's paperia. That's Wh- true. What else?
1: So, uh, yeah, so I did, I had an at-home stationary business. That was good. I, hey, I started my own podcast in the Start, middle, right. in the middle of a, a global epidemic. That was interesting. So that's good. I, I think that we're going to define
0: the word entrepreneur in a moment because I don't think entrepreneur necessarily means you go out and start a business per se. What about a person who goes out and starts a, a non-profit? Are they an entrepreneur?
1: Oh, I always think of entrepreneur as building something yourself.
0: Do you think I'm I am an entrepreneur? To... Yes, because
1: Because you've built your own website. You hustle more than anybody I know.
0: Well, <clears throat> I think the newsletter is a form of entrepreneurship. That's part of the website, absolutely. Right? Yes. When I was a kid, you would definitely have thought I was down headed down an entrepreneurial route. Right. You know, selling greeting cards, shoveling walks, cutting lawn, Philip Arthur ice cream parlor, McDonald's, all all that kind of stuff. Just always out there trying to make it. Doing magic shows.
1: I might be wrong, but I think of it as selling a product. You want to find out? Yes, I need the expertise.
0: Uh, so I have just read a book that I think you will really enjoy. It's called Raising an Entrepreneur, 99 Stories from Families Who Did. And the author is Margot maycall Bisno who joins me now. Margo, thanks so much for being here.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure, and I agree with you. By the way, you have a very
0: interesting past. You yourself spent 20 years in government. You were an FTC commissioner. You were chief of staff to the President's Council on Economic Advisors. That's a great career of your... So do you consider yourself an entrepreneur?
2: No, I don't, but... Um, Why not? But I did do one... I did do one sort of entrepreneurial thing that might interest you, which is in the 90s, I set up economic think tanks in Eastern Europe, especially in Montenegro.
0: Whoa, and she's done her homework. That's
2: pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you'd like that.
0: So what is an entrepreneur, as you're using the word?
2: I I I love this conversation. To me, an entrepreneur is anyone who starts something. You start a podcast, you're an entrepreneur. My son started a band. He's an entrepreneur. An actor is an entrepreneur. Anyone who starts something, a nonprofit, a for-profit, an activist who starts a cause is an entrepreneur. And you can even be an entrepreneur by starting a project in somebody else's organization. So one of the people in my book started Nothing But Nets at the UN Foundation. I, it, obviously, the UN Foundation is not very entrepreneurial, but she's entrepreneurial. She started something. So I, I agree with you. It's, it's really, it's an attitude. It, 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 it's starting and just, you know, coming up with an idea and making it happen.
0: So the title of the book is Raising an Entrepreneur, which sort of implies that you as a parent can impact the outcome. Is Entrepreneurship Innate?, Or is it something that a parent can foster, facilitate,
2: guide, teach? Um, I think there's an answer to both of those. Um, Yes, I think it's innate because almost everyone in my book has a sibling who's not an entrepreneur. Um, I think a lot of people don't want to live with that kind of risk. A lot of people don't want to work that hard um uh, uh, it's hard you know it's hard and it's lonely and it's scary and it's risky and a lot of people don't want to do that um on the other hand yes 100% parents can impact it parents can foster the um all the traits and characteristics uh that will make you an entrepreneur and even if you don't become an entrepreneur having these characteristics will make you more entrepreneurial more bold, more risk-taking, more willing to think out of the box, which will help you no matter what you do in life.
0: So you often hear, and this is a thread in your book too, you often hear in terms of parental advice the line of follow your passion or quote-unquote do what you love. And I tend to see the stories where they have a happy outcome, right? Like there was a kid and he was in, I'll give one from your book, Uh, John Chu is the famous yes. movie director and I learned from you that his parents run a restaurant where I think I've eaten, by the way, which is kind of funny. Yes. But they didn't want him in the restaurant, right? And when he was in second grade, they bought him a movie camera. So in his case, he goes from probably an 8 millimeter or Super 8 or, or something similar to today we know him for some of his great movies. Um, that's a happy ending. But what about the profession where you follow what you love, you do what brings brings you uh, a smile that really doesn't lead to a career. I don't think that every passion can lead to
2: a career. So I agree with that. Um, And there's, again, sort of a two-part answer. So one part is, you know, you try something, especially if you want to become an artist And it doesn't work. And then you you pivot and you figure something else out. You know, maybe you go into the music industry. Maybe you start repping artists. I mean, you know, but the other thing is being an entrepreneur and um, and being able to tackle things and follow your passion. What it when you're young, what it does is it creates confidence. Because these people are working really, really hard at something they love. They're getting really good at something they love. They're failing. They're picking themselves up. They're trying again. They're trying new, new techniques. They become, you know, willing to take risks. They become willing not to, to be afraid to fail. And they develop all the traits that you need to become an entrepreneur later. Only the artists of the 70 people that I interviewed Are still doing the same thing today that they were, that that was their passion when they were young. So like my son, my older son, not the one who started the band, the other one, his passion was tennis. He was playing tennis four hours a day, seven days a week. And he does nothing with tennis today other than play for fun. But a lot of these people, their passion was sports. So it doesn't necessarily mean that because you have a passion, that's what you will do in life. It means that you learn and grow and get confident and, you know, learn how to challenge, how to how to take on challenges.
0: But finding finding that balance is a parent's dilemma, because I could easily understand a parent who says, oh, my son, he's spending too much time. I don't know about tennis. I'll say golf. Oh, he's always on the golf course spending too much or gaming. Too much time in video games. Like, how do you know a passion that may lead to something entrepreneurial versus one that's a a time waste?
2: Um, I guess I would say if your kids love it and it seems like it's in a healthy way and they're working really, really hard and they're gaining skills and they're gaining confidence, it doesn't matter if it leads to a career because they're gaining skills that are going to be useful to them in whatever they do in life.
0: I mean, it is the way that I've tried. It's the way I've tried to parent. I, I I don't want to tell too many tales out of school, but one of our sons who is interested in the outdoors. What are the expensive uh, mushrooms? The morels. The morels.
2: Chanterelles. Morels. No, no, yeah. the,
0: the morel. Right, TC. What is it? Yeah. What am? What am I, you like? Yeah. Cooking stuff. Yeah. Okay. So he 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 invested a tremendous amount of time growing, and ultimately not with a lot of success morel morel mushrooms we were totally supportive you know of this whole venture like i I don't know as long as he does not smoke them fine with us go ahead and grow them is that the sort of thing you're encouraging me to do
2: absolutely and so what did he gain from this well (laughs) a great i mean no he's not a a great college essay (laughs) he he learned he learned to tackle a problem he learned to try to solve it he learned creative. Way, you know, ways to approach a new, an old problem, and he tried something new and creative and wonderful. And, you know, I mean, it depends what you want to do in your life. If you want to be a lawyer or an investment banker, it's probably not how you should spend your time. If you want to be an entrepreneur or work for an entrepreneur and be creative and think outside the box, it's a wonderful way to okay, spend your Okay, but that's time.
0: what I took away from your book. What I really took away from your book is, as a parent, uh, harness, encourage creativity do not get hung up on the is there a job in this 10 years down the road right i got the message actually you got it so uh tom scott nantucket nectars starts this business now he's got the opportunity to go to harvard business school he consults with his mentor who is a brown professor who essentially says harvard can wait
2: yep Right. And he and he made the right decision. And they were, you know, they were living in their (laughs) truck trying to get this business off the ground. But but they did. And that, you know, now uh, they go and uh, lecture at Harvard Business School. Their 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 business is a is a case study at Harvard Business School. So, yeah, I mean, I I, and that was a long, you know, a long time ago. I mean, I think today it wouldn't be as hard a a question. But when he did it, people were like, what You're, you're you're you're, you're leaving your brown education, and you're not going to get, like, a real job. Um, but, I mean, it's just great to have supportive parents. Yeah, and
0: moms in particular is what I learned from you. There's, like, a common thread here of of mothers who had great influence over entrepreneurial kids.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that dads don't count because, obviously, dads are super important, and so many people quoted how important their dads were uh in their upbringing and what you know important mentors and guidance pro- they provided and everything but in general the moms were more supportive of their kids kind of wacky uh you know passions
1: this is the book club with Michael Smirconish podcast from serious XM- spring is that you To Michael Live, weekdays on POTUS, SiriusXM Channel 124, and on the SXM app.
0: So let's wrap up. What do they have in common? You went out and you profiled 99 different entrepreneurial stories, conducted more than 70 interviews. The thread that you saw running through them is what?
2: That growing up, every one of these people had a passion, and every one of their parents supported that passion. Good message. And, you know, that, that sounds like, oh, oh, come on, Margo. Every, every parent supports their kids' passions. But that's not true. I mean, most kids say, oh, you know, most kids' parents will say, of course you can take music lessons in high school, but in college you have to major in something useful where you can get a job. And these parents didn't do that. They said, that's what you love? Uh, really? Uh, great. We're there for you. We know you'll make mistakes. We're there when you hit bumps in the road, we know it's how you're going to learn and grow and we know if you work hard enough you're going to be successful.
0: You know, it's funny, I'm sort of replaying my childhood as I'm as I'm listening to Margo and I'm thinking about In the 1970s, there was a magic craze in the country. I've spoken of it before, and and I was totally into it. Doug Henning was on Broadway and had a successful program, and malls across America all of a sudden had magic stores. You go in and you'd you'd spend a couple of bucks and get a trick. But I took it to a different level. I went out and actually performed in very small settings, five, ten people at kid birthday parties, and my parents were completely supportive in either buying the tricks or driving me to do a show for which I would charge $5. And I did not, Margot, become a magician, but I had to speak on my feet and I had to interact with live audiences. And I think I've carried through some of the lessons that I learned in that era.
2: And the, and, and the fact that your parents were proud of you for your success in the thing you chose mattered so much to you and they probably didn't say hey you know you didn't get an a on your chemistry exam so you know you can't go do your next magic show they probably said wow look how the audience responded to you that's fantastic
0: no i think they said how much did you collect for that one and i said seven dollars they seven bucks they tipped me two <laughs> perfect perfect um, Uh, The book is a lot of fun and valuable, and I thank you so much for writing it and then your willingness to come on and discuss it.
2: It's my favorite topic. Thank you so much for having me. Margot May Call Bizno, the book, I
0: have the link in all my social media, is uh, Raising an Entrepreneur, Raising an Entrepreneur. Look at my social media and you will find it easily.
1: Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124.
2: Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon
1: east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Alberts, now in fresh colors. Visit alberds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or.